Welcome, welcome to welcome. the only podcast that draws you in like a straw in a milkshake. It's Pastor Live, the lighthearted podcast adventure that's all about God, the Word, answers to your questions, and, well, sometimes it's more questions to your questions. Hang on tight. You're listening to Pastors Live with Pastor Ty, Pastor Dave, Pastor Shane, and the other guy. Hey everybody! Welcome to Pastor. Well, it's Pastors. They just have a few. There's a, there's a, pastors, just two just today. Give just, guy, just, just give me a hard ass. Just give me a hard ass. That, yeah, just like right. Hey, it's it's Pastors Live. It's Friday the seventeenth, uh, and it's February. Um, by the way, uh, you could temporarily ordain yes. Gary. Yeah, you know what? Yeah, it's like, like twenty minutes. There we go. Uh, there, uh, the spirit of Sancti Domine, Domini, uh, so whatever. Uh, so, you know, oh, you know, so, so throw some Latin words at you. Uh, but we, uh, Pastor Dave is here with me in the studio. Hi guys. I'm Pastor Ty. Hi, Pastor Ty. Uh, hey, man. And hey, then Ty. we've got Gary Austin, the voice hey, of the Gary. valley. Hey, guys. Uh, obviously, probably going to be a little bit more engaged today. He can't be over there doing his yeah, you know, office work because he's here, here today. Right. But uh, yeah, but the other guys uh, had a meeting to go to for the look up. Uh, um, Did we just call sewer. Shane like, one of the other guys? Yeah, the other guys. Because there used to be the, the other the guy. guy. Now, yeah. it's a, as of it's today, a, it's other guys. Yeah. Uh, so, okay, so wait. So, well, Pastor Ty, Pastor Dave, and those other guys. guys. <laughs> yeah, I can, I, that's, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pay for that. I'm going I'm to yeah. pay for that right now. I can <laughs> tell already. Come back to my yeah, it is. But uh, today is Random Act of Kindness Day. And maybe shoveling somebody's walk would be a good thing. <laughs> wait uh, a minute. Yeah, you know, Did so you yeah. read these questions? No, I How didn't. How funny that you use seriously. Oh yeah, so yeah. That is so funny that you use that example. Okay, yeah, because yeah, so we have some comments Friday, and questions. Let's, yeah, let me read this yeah. one to you. That's okay, excellent, excellent, excellent. So, um, this is a twenty-pager, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, we got a thesis. <laughs> Which one? Oh, here we go. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, hey guys, over a week, and this comes. I'll just tell you right off the bat. How how about we do that? This comes from Trisha and Logan here in Idaho Falls. Hey guys, it says over a week ago, uh, the pastors were talking about the theology of work. I know that's something that's very. Um, oh yeah, you're very yeah, passionate. Yeah, Gen- about yeah, Genesis. Time, yeah, right. Uh, they say. We're th- so thankful for the podcast that it's now on Spotify, so we can listen whenever we want to. Anyway, um, you guys were talking about the pre-curse and how we're created by God to engage in work. We've been teaching our children for years the importance of work. Money is, unfortunately, a necessary evil, and teaching kids to work hard for a good day's wage is challenging, much different than when our parents taught us about working. The question isn't about seeking validation to what's right in parenting, but I do want to know your opinion. Okay, it seems to me. When it comes to work, is service, whether it's a neighbor or ministry, a teaching principle of working for the kingdom of God? For example, my youngest, the 13 year old, recently shoveled snow for several neighbors. A few, not many, of the neighbors paid my son for his service. And that was very kind, right? My son was kind of sad that the other neighbors didn't offer to pay him too. And we've attempted to teach him that making money is important, but sometimes it's our hearts that need changing. You won't make money in ministry or service, but it's where the heart is that becomes important, although we must be supporters of our families and not be mediocre. Okay, well, first of all, Good for you guys. Yeah. Uh, so, and I and I and I appreciate that. You know what we're going to have here is because we're asking an opinion. We're going to ask it. It's going to be. We're going to respond with. It seems to me, which I think is really important. Um, and it seems to me you're going down the right road here. Obviously, with the kiddos, 
uh, because work isn't necessarily about receiving pay. See, when we go back into uh, Genesis theology and we start looking at Genesis 1 through 11, especially Genesis 1 through 3, we see that God put Adam and Eve in a world that was wild and uncultivated, and he said to them to tend the garden. One of the things that we, we have a tendency to do is we go, oh, God made this perfect garden and then put Adam and Eve in it, and they broke it. Well, when you look at the whole context, he said, I want you to tend it. There was work to do. There was something to do. So we're designed with work in mind. But what is that work? Work is expressing our creative design that God has given us in order to create a community of peace and order to create communities of shalom and which is peace and love and joy and so when we when we see somebody in need and we go help them and we we sh- we shovel a walk for them without anything in return great is your reward in heaven i think i think we can actually take genesis and we can start looking at what jesus said about don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing when it comes right. to giving. Uh, store up for yourself treasures in heaven instead of rewards on earth. You can't love God or money. And of course, I hadn't actually put those, I hadn't connected those two dots till just now. Um, as far as looking at the larger narrative of scripture, the idea of like, you know what, I'm going to do what's right and I'm going to, I'm going to help my elderly neighbor out. And, um, I, I'm not asking for anything in return because I know God is more than capable of giving me in return. And I, and I think that's really important I mean, when it comes to that. And I, and I think having a, I grew up, Dave, you and I grew up with dads that taught us a work ethic before they taught us anything else. Yeah. My dad didn't actually grow me up. He just sort of stood back and watched me grow up, but I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm totally kidding. No, yeah. that's exactly Al right. Al Coleman was involved. Uh, yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but you know, that's exactly right. And because again, the concept is yes, of course the workman is worthy of his hire, but the work is not um, for the remuneration. In fact, going back to your your uh, discussion, Pastor Ty, about the, the Genesis uh, attitude uh, or perception or, or per- perspective of work, work is actually to make your life simpler. So right. if if the person look, what's 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 better? That you maintain your car or that you repair your car, that you maintain your fields or that you repair your fields, that you maintain your wall or that you repair your wall. Obviously, maintenance is better. It's also, frankly, if I can say this word, it's easier. It's simpler um, if you just maintain rather than repair. Work was not meant to be... um, Laborious? Yeah, or even (laughs) reparative, right? Yeah. It, it was meant to be maintenance. And, and so well, yeah. it, it really makes your life simple when you simply maintain your weeds and your field. You keep oil in the car rather than having to replace the engine because you've seized it. You know, um, Maintenance is better, easier, less expensive than repair. And so work is how you maintain your environment. Yeah, and you when you do you're tending what yeah. God told you to do is you're yeah. tending to things, and we want to tend to life. So Gary, if you weren't diligent with stuff with radio because radio is twenty four seven all year long, if you weren't diligent, it's going to come back and bite you. Oh, big time! So if I'm not diligent to do all the things I need to do, I have a very set schedule, and like this week, my schedule is all messed mm-hmm. up. Right, I have a very set schedule of maintenance. 
I have to write this on this day. I have to write this on this day. I have to edit this on this day. I have to have this done by this day or there is no rest for me. There is no, because everything's out of control because if I don't control my environment, so work is part of controlling your environment. Mm -hmm. Some people are like, I just, everything's so crazy for me. I'm so busy. I'm so busy. I mean, I just want to back up on this idea of busyness. Um, again, I had that conversation again with somebody just just this morning. Somebody says, I know you're really busy. I said, stop using the word busy. You keep using that word. I'm limited. I only have so much time. I can only do so many things. I can only be in so many places. So I'm limited. But we're all limited. We, only, we all mm-hmm. get 24-7. That's all we get. And so how do you want to spend that 24-7, right? Uh, how do we want to spend it? And I, and I love that idea of teaching our children to... Um, have a good work ethic outside of payment. By the way, yes, we should, we should be, we should be paid well because a workman is worth his hire. Right. You know, and that, that, so there but is the other side of that. When yeah. your thirteen-year-old goes down the block and says, "Hey, I'm going to go shovel a couple of neighbors' driveways," right, right, you don't necessarily go out and say, "Man, I hope I get you know." whatever 20 bucks from the neighbor for shoveling the sidewalk or shoveling their their driveway it's nice when they come out and say hey man thanks a lot here's a 20 spot or here's a gift card to you know greenhouse go get you some hot chocolate or something like that yeah yeah, that's very nice but what's what's really the purpose what's really the reason for shoveling snow for the 70-year-old guy down the street and you're 13 because it's the right thing to do exactly (laughs) Yeah, yep. right. I mean, my my pops, right? my pops told us boys. He said, "Guys, do the right thing because it's the right thing to do." And isn't that true? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do the right thing because mm-hmm. it's the right thing to do. And the Lord, and that's what I love about it. The Lord will handle the remediation part. Yeah. Right. The Lord will handle the blessing. Absolutely. If we do the right thing for the right reason, and this comes back to I mean, doing righteousness and justice and obeying the voice of the Lord, right. being loyal to God, and looking for Jesus. I mean, it's just it's such a simple concept. Right. Well, uh, that idea of Abrahamic righteousness. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna live that way. Yeah. Well, yeah, mm-hmm. and that's I'm writing an article right now, and I'm I'm putting our current um, societal philosophies in juxtaposition to that of the greatest generation 50 years ago. 50 years ago, or a little more than 50 years ago, the greatest generation lived and fought for future generations, right? Yes. Our current societal uh, philosophy is, but what's in it for me? Mm-hmm. What no, do I get? There, yeah, there's no thought about future generations. And so uh, I call it, and maybe I'm wrong, but I call it the existential microwavable philosophy of me. Right. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's like, I want it now and I want what I want. I will have what I want and I will not take no for an answer. And if you get in my way, even if you're my spouse or my parents, um, then I will cut you out of my life because you cannot tell me no. Man, the greatest generation was like, I will deny myself. I will put myself out because I'm going to have children and grandchildren and great-grandchildren who are going to benefit from my sacrifice. And so everybody remembers that sacrifice was on D-Day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, that, that, that great generation. I mean, you understand, and what I love about that generation, we talk about the boys that yeah, died right. in, at war, but uh, we, we, we forget to talk about the women who built the planes Made the ammo, built the tanks. We forget to My talk about this. Was one of them. Yeah, we forget to talk about these women who set up. That was everybody. There was, and it didn't matter. I mean, there was there wasn't wasn't all these conversations about all this who's who, who's what. 
just what's in it for me? What's in it for me? No. We're gonna do this because we're in this together. Remember we're in the, it together, man. young kids. So kids that were the kids of that generation were out looking for scrap metal. Right, they would go into the fields and the farms, and they would get scrap metal, and they'd be in this scrap metal in, so it could be turned yeah. into things for the war effort, because you know, it, because you know, we got my, drawn in. Yeah, no, it's exactly. We got right, drawn John. into a war. We yeah. had no intention of getting drawn into. My my maternal grandmother was a nurse, who when it when everything hit the fan, she got picked up by Philco and began building radios uh, for the military. Here here's a woman who's a nurse and is now out of a job. Right, right. Um, because she needed to be to be home in uh, uh, Kentucky, and so she started working for Philco, and that's what that generation did. It was like there was no. But wait a minute, my training, my expertise, my no, all hands on deck, man. We got <laughs> this, stuff to do. We got to save the world, <laughs> right? Well, yeah, and and now, I mean, of course, like I'm gonna be totally honest with you. I mean, I I didn't have UFOs for uh, 2023. That wasn't on my checklist, but. <laughs> Uh, but now, but it seems like there's always something to distract us now. Absolutely. Yeah. And, uh, and there's, and instead of things focusing us, things distract us as a culture. We're so easily distracted yeah. and, and there's this exactly spin right. on everything. And, and I, I, I was, I, I seriously, I was just, I, I try and listen to the news very little, but I was trying to just kind of catch up and I'm listening to the news and I'm like, what, what are we, what are we shooting down? What is happening right now? All for, for four days, all I heard was about the big balloon. And then now it's all these other things. And we're now we're looking for records. We're trying to, and I'm like, guys, what, what is happening to our world that we're so easily distracted from what's important? And, and I think coming back to, um, we are, we are designed and, and this is where some of the conversations about politics get really interesting for me. Cause I'm like, are we engaged in our own community? Like, let's be engaged in our community. Are we making our community better? I hope we are. I hope we're making our church community better, our actual community better. I hope we're engaged in our community, well, but that's, that's the part purpose of work. Of work right? That's yeah. the purpose of work, right? <laughs> there it is. To be engaged we in our community. We've got question yeah. about work, by the way. Yeah. So it kind of segues nicely. It says, uh, this is from Larry in Pocatello. He hey, writes, Larry. good discussion uh, the other day on work. Appreciated the comments on going on vacation and how that can get boring. It's always nice to leave, but it's also always nice to come home and, quote, do something. (laughs) Also, uh, I think it was Shane, but to work the soil and the soil of the hearts. Thanks. And that that's exactly right. I mean, the whole thing about work, it's an issue of the heart. Right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, that's that's what um, I think Trisha and Logan, that was the point they were making yeah. too, is that they're teaching their 13-year-old, hey, man, it's not just about, you know, did you get a 20 spot in your wallet? Hey, how'd that make your heart feel when you went over and shoveled that neighbor's driveway? And and, I mean, did, it makes you feel good, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah, and you did the right thing. Yeah, and I, I and it sure makes them feel good because yeah, they don't have to come right? out and do it now. Well, I so I I started doing the side job thing when I was eight. So um, when I was a little kid in California, uh, I used to go. I used to take my red my red flyer, and I would put we would I would take the Christmas cards from the year before. I would cut out the pictures. I'd put felt on them. I put a little hook on them, and I'd make ornaments. Uh, and so. Starting like at the beginning, and we'd go out and we'd make. I used to make these little things, little humbugs. I used to take pine cones and put a tongue on them and feet, and you know, it's a humbug, you know. <laughs> yeah. uh, and so my dad helped me make a couple things, and I would go door to door and I would sell things. Yeah. This is my. I'm a kid, and I'm selling things for like a quarter, a nickel, mm-hmm. a dime, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but as as a young kid, uh, that's what I did. Well, when I was eight, I, I did the same thing when we moved to Idaho, and we moved to Idaho, and I'm doing the same thing. And as I'm I'm here doing this stuff. Um, I, I, I started this snow shoveling thing 
Um, and I had no idea how heavy snow could get, right? Oh, man. And so I, I didn't know. And so what I discovered is when I made it a negotiation, like, hey, I'll do it for X amount or things like that, if I made it about the money, it usually was a train wreck. Because some guy would be like, oh, five bucks to do that? Sure. And I didn't realize, I mean, there were a couple times my dad had to rescue me because it was so heavy. As a young guy, I'm you know, eight, nine years old, I couldn't lift the snow. It was so heavy. My dad <laughs> had to come rescue me uh, and help me out. And I, and I realized when I just went out and started doing it, if I just did it without, without asking for reparation or anything else like that, right. I got to know my neighbors because I would be struggling relationship and and, and I, sometimes the guys that lived in the house would come out and they would help me get through the last effort like i did the last part you know yep. and when i did i just made it about doing what was right for my neighbors because awesome. I, my, I couldn't be in the house you have to understand go outside and play when it's snowing sideways was that's just you didn't hang out in our house it wasn't it wasn't like, hey, you know what? It's winter. We're gonna hang out and we're gonna watch TV all day and we're gonna no, no, no. We got to watch TV on Saturday mornings. That was it until mm. until sports started. Once sports started, we were done. <laughs> right? We could watch wow. until sports started. Uh, but that was it. And that meant I had to get up early on Saturday. So there's no sleeping in or you missed you missed there TV. You right? Wow. I didn't watch TV. And so it was like, hey, go outside and play. Right and so on. we would. And so we we'd find something to do. We'd find work to do. In, so work and play were kind of almost connected yeah. together mm-hmm. in a yeah. sense. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, because I'm doing something profitable. I was talking to yeah. uh, Bob Peck the other day. Uh, here he's helping out at the school, and we've got some some uh, places, some little holes that need to be filled because of sickness and stuff like that. So Bob's filling in for a couple of people. Love Bob, and oh, he's just amazing, man. But we were talking about that. That you know, when I was a kid, when Bob and I were kids. Um, my dad would flip me a quarter on Saturday morning and say, hey, take the gas can, run over to the gas station and get some gas, you know, so we can mow the yard and go ahead and buy yourself a Baby Ruth bar. And so I could get a Baby Ruth bar for five cents and I'd put 20 cents worth of gas in the can. Yep. And then I'd eat the candy bar on the ride back home and then go and mow the yard. And man, as I told Bob, I go, man, those days are gone forever, dude. Right. <laughs> but... There, there again, that the idea of just play and work, being with dad, man, it it was all tied together. Hey, we do have one more one more comment. I'll oh, make it yeah. very quick because we've oh, yeah, got yeah. about three minutes left. This one comes from our good friend Terry. Uh, she's over in Alpine, Wyoming. Hey, Terry. She says, Pastors, thank you for the podcast. While you might not think that you're teaching because you're just having a conversation, let me tell you that talking about a man who claims he received revelation that he should marry a girl he just had a cup of coffee with was the most profound teaching for my three daughters. Thank you so much. Oh, wow. Isn't that amazing? Well, hey, tell, <laughs> tell your daughters we're praying for them. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, so, and drink less coffee. Apparently. Yeah. Well, oh, uh, yeah. So, so we're so uh, I was talking to uh, Caleb, and this was something. And Dave, I talked to you about this a long time ago. We right. were still in Salmon when we originally talked about doing a documentary or a docu series right. um, called "It's Just a Cup of Coffee, right. Not a Marriage Proposal." Right. Um, right. And because I think there's two sides here. I think first of all, I think girls get hurt a lot by guys because the guys that are brave enough to approach them are usually players. And so, and so girls, it's, it's a really weird thing. So if like you're with all your girlfriends and some guy approaches you with all your girlfriends, this guy, there's a good chance he's either super, super brave 
or he's a player because he doesn't care to, about getting rejected. If you reject him, he might just ask the girl next to you because he's kind of playing the field, so to speak. The guy that is truly a man of integrity and is a man of tenderness might be afraid of a large group of women, right? And so when the guy is brave enough to say, hey, would you would you like to get a cup of coffee? I think it's okay to go have a cup of coffee with them. But you know what? But again, you got to talk about the conversation. It's like you're getting to know somebody. It's like it's not like a guy should sit down and say, okay, I'm planning on having four kids. How many do you want? I mean, that's not a that's not a that's not a first cup of coffee conversation. No. Uh, it's not. It, it the conversation is, hey, tell me about yourself. Like, look, like, yeah. what do you like to do? What are you, you know? Do you it's take like, cream and sugar in do, your coffee? Yeah, do you, yeah. What kind of coffee do you <laughs> like? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, seriously. Yeah, do you want green or red salsa when on your burrito? Yeah, when yeah he's already like, yeah. talking about, uh, you know, where he's going to live and and how many children he's going to have and you know, grandchildren on my knee, and you're like, you know, 19 years old. Yeah, run. <laughs> yeah, there's some things, you know, but it, it really does. It it does frighten me though that we live in a world, especially after the book by Joshua Harris came out. Yeah, uh, we just I, I kissed dating goodbye. Yeah. That that wrecked a whole generation of young guys because uh, guys don't realize Agreed. it's it's okay to just go out and say, "Hey, I'd like to get to know you better. Can we go have a cup of coffee?" Um, you know, go bowling, go get a cup of coffee, g- do something where you're doing an activity together. But And if you're really not sure about the guy, suggest hatchet throwing. Yeah. That'll and, scare and, him off. Yeah, right, exactly. <laughs> Especially if you're really, really good at it, right? This guy's a little yeah. sketchy. Let's go hatchet throwing. Let's go hatchet throwing. Let me show yeah. you my skills. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, but again, you, you want to put yourself, like guys and gals, you don't want to put yourself in a place where That's you're right. alone with them, where you're vulnerable and it's dangerous. Yeah. Public place. And just get yeah. to know them. And, you know, girls, I'm going to tell you something right now. And guys, you're going to know within 20 minutes if this is going to happen a second time. Yeah. Because you're, you'll begin to see, uh, you know, okay, hang on a second. They're just not where I'm at, you know. And it's, again, what do you should you talk about? Talk about your life with the Lord. If the other person can't connect with your life with the Lord, you can't connect long term with them. Right. That's, that's un- a big un- deal. Unless they get saved. I mean, that's oh, yeah, truly. absolutely. So you know what? It, um, this is all great stuff. Man, we are out of time. Uh, we we want to remind you, it is Friday. That means the weekend is upon us. Go to church. That means Saturday night here, 7 p.m. Uh, at Water Springs Church. And then Sunday morning, of course, our service is here at 9 and 11 in Pocatello. The Water Springs is at 1045. Up and down the valley, there are so many great churches. If you're not plugged into a good Bible-believing Bible teaching church, we really want to invite you to come out to Water Springs Church. Hey, this Wednesday night, I'm, I'm, I don't mean to hijack it, but um, we're also beginning. Uh, you've started a series on the deity of Christ. Yeah, started a deity on Jesus and the deity of Jesus because I think it's important that we we just get that on the table. Yeah, and we 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 can as a church express it. When people say, "How do you know Jesus is God?" Because well, he says he is, and the Bible says so. But so but great opportunity, great opportunity to do that at Water Springs, and so. then also right when we're done with that. We're going to be going in and we're going to be talking about the deity of the Holy Spirit. We're yeah. going to be coming in and talk about that. And I think the big thing, too, and I was reminded of this the other week, uh, it's not the Father, the Son, and the Holy Bible. It's nope. the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And yep. the Bible reveals the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. There you go. And so that's really important. So, yes. And we are a little long today. We're out of time. But listen, your love, your family, Pastors Live at the Rev.fm. We'd love to hear from you. God bless you. We'll talk to you on Monday. <laughs> it's the one and only Pastors Live 
a Rev FM production with Pastor Ty, Pastor Dave, Pastor Shane, and the other guy. Download and listen to more episodes from Spotify and Apple Podcasts and submit your questions and comments for next time to Pastors Live at the Rev.fm. His music, his word, the, the Rev. Rev.